So I want you to pay attention. Since you're already here tonight, I want you to pay attention to the teaching. We're looking at exceeding grace. We're looking at grace beyond um, what your normal human mind can comprehend. Hallelujah. You look at it and you say, oh, I don't really deserve it. This is just too big. This is just too awesome. This is just too, um, it's too out of the world for me. It's too just beyond normal. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you following tonight? So when we look at exceeding grace, that's what we're talking about, right? It is huge. It's big. Amen. It's not anything that you could have worked for. Hallelujah. How many of you have experienced, how many of you, you can see, I have experienced the grace of God. I've experienced the grace of God. What I'm experiencing is the grace of God. You know, there are a lot of people, you know, because they are moral, they are morally stable. When they look at themselves, they can look at themselves and say, oh, I'm not doing like this man. I'm not doing like that man. All right? And so because of that, they think that um, they don't need the grace of God. There are people who will tell you that, hey, I don't need the grace of God. If you come to them and you're talking about good morals and characters and all of that, they will tell you plain, point blank. They will tell you straight that if that's what you're talking about, they don't need the grace of God. Because as far as they are concerned, they are not, as it were, committing those sins. Hallelujah. I mean, if you remember the rich young fellow that came to Jesus and said, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of God? And then Jesus began to tell him things. You, should not, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. And he said, from my youth, I've been straightforward. All right? I mean, if you remember the story of the, 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 the young rich ruler. Remember the story. And then he said, from my youth, I've kept all these commandments. Praise God. I've kept all these commandments. And you know what Jesus did to him? <laughs> what was the first commandment? You shall not worship any other God, right? Jesus said to him, go and sell the things that you have and give to the poor. What happened to the young man? What happened to him? The Bible says that he left sorrowful for he had great possession. That's the first, the first commandment he missed it. So when you come to God, when you come to Jesus on the basis of your good works, you think that you have sense that you can, you can play games on Jesus. All right? You think that you can play games on him, that you can tell him that you don't need him. But really, the people who, who bring up those things before Jesus are the ones who truly need, who need not, not truly, who need the grace of God more than anyone else. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's go to John chapter 8. Let's look at John chapter 8. I want you to follow this with me. Just pay attention to these things. Amen. Pay attention. Don't worry about those stuff uh, that are distracting you, don't worry about them. So now we just want to look at the spirit of grace. There's a spirit of grace. There's a way we communicate grace. It will not produce the life of God in people. Amen. Are you following? There's a way we communicate it. Paul said the things that I've taught you, the things that I've taught you, the same teach, commit, the same commit to faithful people who will be able to teach the same thing. You don't need to utter out the teachings that you have received. Teach the same thing and it will produce the same results. Hallelujah. Let's not say because we want to win young people, then we begin to change. No, we begin to change the things that we preach. That's not how we're going to win young people. Hallelujah. We're going to win young people by showing them Jesus. 
by pointing them to Jesus. You want to have a sound home, home where people are not beating every day. Amen. They are not slapping you up and down. Hallelujah. The children are not bullied. You want to have those homes. There's no point bringing in the systems of this world. Just stay with God's word. Stay with what has been taught. Stay consistent on the same word. The same results that they had will be reproduced in our homes and in our lives. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus, chapter 8, verse 1. John 8, verse 1. Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives. And early in the morning, he came again into the temple. And all the people came unto him. And he sat down and taught them. The first thing that he did was to teach them. Amen. That's what we're doing. We're teaching people. Because the Bible says Jesus told us to go into the world and make disciples of all the nations. Teaching them the things that I have commanded you. Amen. See that there's a repetition of that word. The same things that I've commanded you. Those are the things that you should teach them. Not another thing. Not because the word is changing. So we have to change with the word. We can adopt their technologies. All right? To project the gospel. But we are not changing the message. Amen. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery and in the very act. You must understand that this woman, that was not the first time that she was doing it. Praise God. That wasn't the first time. It was, it was a consistent thing. Praise God. It was a consistent thing. So they could monitor her. Praise God. They could monitor her. Hallelujah. Verse 5. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be what stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him that they might have to accuse him. Hallelujah. Now, the, the, these people, they, they respect Moses with their lips. Alright? They respect Moses with their lips. You need to understand that. They respect him so much. They respect Abraham so much with their lips, but not with their hearts. Hallelujah. And so they brought up this woman and said, oh, this woman was caught in the out of adultery. Now, um, what do you say? Moses has said to us, amen, that the woman should be stoned. Alright? But what says thou? And this they were saying to tempt him that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down. Hallelujah. Jesus stooped down. Now, to stoop down is not just to bend down. Amen. It's not just to bend down. It's to go low. To really go low. It's to bring yourself, not just your body, but yourself low. Hallelujah. Amen. You want to save people. You, want to, you really want to save people. That's not the time to, to feel so high and pompous and feel all righteous and stand up tall. Amen. That's not the time to stand up tall. If you really want to save people, you really want to get people out of um, their sin and their darkness and whatever they are going through, whatever the enemy has put them, you need to go low. Amen. You need to bring yourself low. Even below their level so that you can get them up. Hallelujah. Now, now, now imagine, imagine Jesus, all right? Jesus without sin before the whole people. Now, he didn't say a word. Hallelujah. He didn't say a word. He just went down. 
and then the Bible says he began to write and stood down and with his fingers wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. Now, they were, remember they were bringing the Lord to him, right? They were bringing the Lord to him, right? Exodus 38 verse um, 31, 18 says that, with the, that God with his own finger wrote on those tablets of stone, right? So they were, they were going to teach Jesus the law. But, but, but Bible say that Jesus, um, the Bible says that God gave Abraham those laws because of the hardness of their heart. Not that God wanted to give them those laws, but because their hearts were hardened and they felt they could reach God through their own works. Amen. So this, this was what Jesus, this is his area. This is something that he has seen before. This is something that he gave to Moses. So now you want to use, you want to use, you want to entangle him with the law. Hallelujah. But he, remember that he wrote that law on two tablets of stone and gave it to Moses. And he said to him that he's giving it to them because of the hardness of their heart. Remember before that time, uh, before the, the, the law was given to them, they said something to God. All that you say that we should do, we will what? We will do it. Amen. All that you say that we should do, we will do it. The Bible says that we will not attain the righteousness of God through the works of the law. Amen. When you leave this place, go home and study. I know sometimes you want me to open the, the, the um, portions of the Bible. Go home and study. Do your study. You can't, you can't grow. There's a limit to what you will assess. There's a limit to your spiritual growth if all you do is listen to Wednesdays and Fridays and Sunday messages. If you don't go home to look at these things all over again for yourself, you will not, there will be a great limit to your growth. Amen. So go back home and, and look into the scriptures. Learn these things for yourself. All right? Are you following me tonight? Amen. So, um, so he said, where was I just now? I'm trying to get the thought back. Amen. Don't worry. Okay, let's just continue with the reading. So he wrote with his finger as though he didn't hear them. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself. You see that? He lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him cast, cast a stone at her. He that is without sin among you, let him cast a stone at her. Praise God. Now, the, the woman must have been wondering. Now, but the, the most intriguing, intriguing part of that story is that the disciples, when, they, when the people refused to cast stone at her, I'm sure the disciples will be wondering. Must, we know that our master is without sin. If these people are not going to cast a stone at this woman because of what he said, why would Jesus not do the same? Why would Jesus not cast a stone because he is without sin? Amen. Why would Jesus not do that? Praise God. Again, you need to remember this, that Jesus is the Lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the world. So he knows that whatever this woman has done, the punishment for this woman's sin will eventually be on him. Praise God. It will eventually be on him. So what's the point? Punishing the woman for this, for this sin for which himself will be punished for. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
So he said, he that without stone, let him cast, he that without sin, let him cast the first stone at her. And again, he stooped down and he wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest. Beginning at what? The Bible is very specific. When he said the older people started living first. <laughs> Amen. He said that the older people started living first. Hallelujah. They started living first because they, they know the experiences they've had. Amen. Hallelujah. Even until the last, and Jesus went, Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Had no man condemned thee? She said, No. She said, No man, Lord. Now, what's, what's the meaning of the word Lord? The word Lord, when you say that's the landlord, what does it mean? The owner of the land, right? Now, remember, when this woman came, she came as a sinner, all right? She came caught in adultery. So, obviously, um, there was nothing, no link between her and Jesus. But now, after that, she's, she's been cleared and there was no condemnation on her. She called Jesus Lord. That's why when we say Jesus, see, Jesus not be my mate. Jesus is not your guy. <laughs> I, know, I know Christian folks, they like playing like that. And that's why, we are, that's why we are seeing less of the power of God in the body of Christ. Jesus is not your guy. He's not your guy. That way they say, close your eyes. <laughs> You know, you open your eye like this. Jesus is not your guy. He's not your party. Amen. He's your savior. He's your Lord. The word Lord, they use those words in, in olden days to mean owners. In slave, we say, that's my Lord. It means that's my owner. That's the one that has purchased me. Praise God. So when you look at Jesus, don't think about Jesus as your guy. He's not your guy. Hallelujah. If you have truly experienced this grace of God, you will not look at Jesus as your guy. You have special reverence for him. Amen. So she immediately acknowledged Jesus as Lord. Now he says, now what, what he's saying is this. My life is now in your hands. Praise God. I don't feel your life is in God's hand. Yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not your life in, in the driver's hand. That's not what I'm talking about. I don't know if you can say your life is in Jesus' hand. That he can move you to any place he wants to move you to. Amen. Um, it, it's okay if you don't raise your hand. It means that at least like, like what happened to them, their conscience began to talk to them. So they saw the need to amend. <laughs> hallelujah so it's okay if you don't lift up your hands but see that's what the woman said my life now belongs to you you now own me praise God when you're saved by grace Ephesians 2 says that you have been saved by grace through faith and that's not anything that you have done for yourself it's the gift of God it's not of works lest any man should boast when you are saved by grace you can boldly say you can convincingly say that your life now belongs to Jesus. Amen. 
when, when, when people teach the grace and they say, oh, um, it doesn't matter what we do, God has forgiven us. That's not the true spirit of grace. So that's not how grace was taught. Amen. That's not the true teaching. Even though you have been forgiven apart from your works, that's not how grace is taught. And that will not produce the same life that it produced in the apostles. It will not produce it in us if we teach it like that. Amen. Grace is not, of course, is not do whatever you want. You have been forgiven. That's not how it is taught. That's not, that's not in line with the teaching of God's word. It's not in line. It's out of place. Praise God. It's out of place. Amen. Are you following? This is what, this is what it produces in people. When you can look at Jesus and say, this is my Lord. This is my owner. What would you have me do? The first thing that Paul said, the first thing that Paul said on his way to um, Damascus, when the light came to him and he was like, what, what did he say next? When that light came. After Jesus had spoken to him, he said, who are you and whatever, and what have you. And then he said, what would you have me do? Praise God. Now you are my owner. What would you have me do? There's a responsibility that comes to us when we receive the grace of God. It is when you stay in that place of responsibility, that's what we call spiritual growth. Amen. You can be saved by grace and not grow. You are still saved. Amen. But you are not being responsible. And you will not, you will not bring glory. Your life will not bring glory to God. Amen. If I say your life will bring glory to God, say amen. You know, people will say amen. But is that how it will? Is that how, of course, that's part of it. But is that the only thing that will, that will make your life to bring glory to God? Is that the only thing? It's by submitting ourselves to the word. Hallelujah. By submitting ourselves to scriptures that our lives will bring glory to God. Amen. He said, neither do I condemn thee, go and sin no more. Now, the, the word go and sin no more is not, now don't go and sin. No. It's not, it's not the same. Because we're looking at the spirit of grace. Now, Jesus said, neither do I condemn thee, go and sin no more. Now, that you are forgiving and you stay conscious of your forgiveness is the ability, is what will produce a sinless life in you. Hallelujah. If I come to you and say, don't go and sin, and I start pointing the things that you should not do, what's the first thing that will come to your mind? I'm re-emphasizing the sin in you. The Bible says that the strength of the of sin is what? Is what? The law. So Jesus could not have been saying, yeah, go and sin no more. Just go and sin no more. No. On the basis of what you have received, now you have received strength to go out there and live the life of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's look at, let's look at Luke 7, 47. From verse 39, probably. Luke 7, from verse 39 or so. Let's, let's see something in that place. Luke 7. In Luke 7. Okay, let's, let's go back a bit. Maybe to... Let's look at 37. 37. 
Okay. I'll, I'll read from verse 36. And one of the disciples, just take it to 36, please. Let's start with the beginning there. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would, he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat, to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, praise God, and stood at his feet behind him weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Verse 89. Now when the Pharisee which had beaten him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that tortured him, for she is a sinner. Pharisees were what? Huh? Pharisees were sinners. Amen. Pharisees were the real sinners. Pharisees were people who projected their own righteousness above the righteousness of God. Pharisees were the people who were so straightforward outwardly, but inwardly, the Bible calls them open sepulchre, that's open graves with carcasses. But when you look at them outwardly, huh? when you look at them outwardly, they do everything to look as though they are good. But inwardly, they are very dirty people. Amen. So this man said that this woman is a sinner. If Jesus had known um, the kind of woman that she was, he would not allow him. Verse 40, and Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have some word to say to you, unto thee. I have some word to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one holding 500 pence and the other 50 pence, 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most. Verse 33, Simon said, answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast judged rightly. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered into your house, and you did not give me water for my feet. But she had washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. You did not give me kiss. You know, they used to give kiss when they come to people's houses. Not kiss like, it's like this, all right? Or sometimes like this. Amen. So when I would say, give, give the holy brethren kiss, let's kiss. Let's say it the way it is, all right? If you watch uh, those their movies, you see how they kiss. There's a way they kiss, all right? Amen. Are you following me? Are we together this evening? So that, so that you don't, you don't, you don't go and be doing your thing. And you think God is with you. Amen. God does not support nonsense. So. Praise God. I said, you didn't give me kiss. But this woman, since the time I came in, had not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou did not anoint. But this woman had anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, her sins, which are many, are what? Forgiving. Now, why, why do you think this woman came? 
Why do you think this woman came? Which, which woman is this one? Who is, who is the Bible referring to here? It's the same woman in John. Praise God. It's that same woman in John that had experienced the forgiveness of God. Because in this house now, there was nothing. Jesus didn't preach anything to her. There was no action that Jesus did that made her, that, that signified forgiveness, right? So something must have happened before that she came to show um, appreciation for. Praise God. So when we, when we, when we, when we say people are forgiving, uh, we think, we, we also want to see instant results. We're also in a hurry. We're in a hurry. You want to see it happen sharp, sharp. And so if it doesn't happen, you think that people are not um, responding to the love of God. It will take time. Amen. It will take time. Lasting um, work with God. People who work with God for a very long time and who are consistent in their work with God. It's not an overnight thing. They are people who have stayed with God's love. Amen. Where, where did we stop? 40 what? 47. You are following. Wherefore I say unto thee, as sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. Not, not she loved much that made her to be forgiven. No. Praise God. For she loved much doesn't, is not, is not to say that because she loved much, that's why her sins were forgiven. No. She loved much because her sins, which were many, were forgiven. Praise God. If you are here and you're still struggling with all those sins, I want you to know that your sins are forgiven you. And you should stay conscious of that. Put that in front of you every day. Wear forgiveness as a crown. How many of you know that song? Um, it says to wear forgiveness as a crown, come into the throne of mercy or whatever, then you lay everybody down. There's a song like that. You know the song? I will not sing it, so I don't, I don't go off. <laughs> but it says, it, says, it says to wear forgiveness as a crown. Amen. Wear forgiveness as a crown. I know, you, I know you're excited with cars and houses and all of that. Amen. I know you're excited, but there are billionaires in dollars that have committed suicide. Billionaires in dollars. They just go to a point and like, I mean, what's the use? What's life about? What's this life about really? There's emptiness sets in and they just commit suicide. But you can't know that God loves you. That your sins are forgiving you and be empty. Hallelujah. You can't know that and be, be out of joy. Be joyless. Always carry strong face. Amen. You always carry strong face. Young people, see, wear forgiveness as a crown. Always remind yourself that God has forgiven me. I am forgiven. God loves me with an everlasting love. That will produce in you the life and the very nature of God. It will cause that life that is already in you to come out. Amen. Hallelujah. You are not celebrating what God has done for you, Ba. You want you you you. I know you shout if if they call you now and say you have a new car, 
and then when, when there is no money for petrol, mm, your face is out. Or the AC stops working. The AC in your brand new car stops working. The joy of your salvation is gone. Amen. You're always looking for a way. <laughs> Mama, did it happen to you? <laughs> Hallelujah. We can never run out of the goodness of God. Amen. You can never run out of the goodness of God. It's you that stopped receiving. God did not stop giving. God has not stopped giving love to you. God has not stopped up the flow of the blood. He, has not, he will not stop it. Amen. Because he knows that you need it for your work on earth. He knows that you need that consciousness to be victorious on earth. Hallelujah. Let's, let's wrap this up so that we close. Simon answered and verse 43. I mean verse, verse 48. Whoa. Almost done. And he said unto her, that sins are forgiven. And they that sat at me with him began to say within the say, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. Why did they say, Who is this that forgives sin? I mean, they didn't have. They didn't have so much issue with Jesus when he healed the sick, did they? Except when he did it on the Sabbath day. Amen. But for Jesus to say that your sins are forgiven you, they said to him in one place, only God has the power to forgive sins. And the God that has the power to forgive sins says to you, your sins are forgiven you. I didn't hear an amen. Well, if you didn't say the amen, your sins are still forgiving you. But you will not, <laughs> you will not see, you will not see the workings in your life if you don't appreciate it. It doesn't stop the fact that your sins are forgiving you. But your response is what will make it to produce in your life. Hallelujah. That's what will make it to produce in your own life. Your response is very important. Faith is your own side of it. Grace is all that God has done, all by himself. 2 Corinthians 5 says that all these things, 5 from verse 17, he said that all these things that God has done, God has done it by himself. Hallelujah. It's the work that God has done by himself. You are saved by grace alone. Faith is a gift. When we preach this grace, faith is released into your heart. Amen. How many of you say you, you don't have faith? Or your faith is small? How many of you have small faith? Eh, the expression of your faith can be small. Don't be confused. If, you're, if you can't say to small sickness, get out. That's the expression of your faith. Amen. That's the expression of your faith. You want to have bigger expression your faith will gain bigger expression, then you have to stay with the goodness of God. You want to see the power of God at work in your life, in your body. Amen. Stay with the goodness of God. Remember that God has taken away that sickness. God has taken away that disease. God has taken away that lack. As you meditate on it, 
your faith grows. Hallelujah. Am I speaking Latin this <laughs> Praise God. Hope I'm not speaking strange words. That's how your faith grows. You want to experience exceeding grace, grace beyond your ability, grace beyond your natural strength, then you can look at it and say, this is not, this is not anything that I've done by myself. This is not something I've done by myself. This is not something my mind has produced. This is the work of grace. You have to stay in the place of God's word. You have to meditate on God's word. Not just every word of God. Faith does not just come when you open any part of the Bible. Faith comes when you focus on Jesus and what he has done. Romans 10, 17 says, um, faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. That word of God is not just the word of God. That word of God is the Christos word. The word that speaks about Jesus and what he has done. Amen. So then, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's not just the word of God. It's not every word in this Bible that will produce faith in your heart. Are you following? Isn't that, there are some words that you read in this place that will make you tremble. It will, it will cause fear in your heart. Amen. Hallelujah. But every time you read a word about Jesus and what he has done for you, faith is built up in your heart. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Tonight, I just want us to live with this mindset that God has one thing for you, and that's goodness and mercy. That's what he has for you. God has good plans for your life. He desires that all that he has in Christ be made manifest in your life. And they are they are, they are so much. They are so innumerable. They are inexhaustible. Hallelujah. You can't exhaust the love of God. Just think about it. His love. The Bible says that the love of God is everlasting. How many years do you have on earth? Maybe 100, 80, 95. But it's everlasting. So even in heaven, we continue to enjoy the goodness of God. It's from everlasting to everlasting. Praise God. Amen. I'm trying this evening not to be moved by your faces. I just, I just have this faith that God is working on your inside. <laughs> I have this faith that God is working on your inside. I have this faith that the word of God is producing on your inside. You know, God told Jeremiah, do not look at their faces. When he sent them, he said, I'm a little boy. <laughs> Amen. I'm not, your, your faces don't scare me. I'm just here to preach God's grace to you. Hallelujah. And I know that as you go home, the one that did not enter now, as you go, as you sleep on your bed, huh? as you sleep on your bed, the more you resist it, the more this grace will catch you. <laughs> there are some people here, they are resisting the grace of God. As I'm preaching it now, they are resisting it. They are resisting it. As I'm preaching the grace now, they are the more I preach the grace, the more they are resisting it. But I'm saying by the spirit of prophecy, because I know that the more you resist it, the more this grace will catch up with you. 
Hallelujah. The more the grace will catch up with you. The arm of flesh, the arm of flesh will fail you. You don't want to say amen. <laughs> the, the, your your self-effort will fail you. And then you will run back to the grace of God. Amen. I know, I know God. I know God is is talking to someone or some people this evening. But I just want you to know that the harm it will happen so fast that those things that you have put your mind on, God will so disconnect you from them. You will look at the left, look at the right, look at yourself, look at front and back. You will not find them. And all that will be before you will be Jesus. Jesus.